Scotland, with the sound of the sea sighing below the cliffs. I didn't cry. I just felt quieter than I ever had before, cut off in a circle of silence, as though the little gathering of well-wishers and neighbours, and the vicar and the hymns and the flowers, were nothing to do with me or Frankie. She had gone, like a bird flying into the dawn, and all the rest was a soothing ritual for the people left behind. But Dad was really upset— Afterward, when everyone had drifted away murmuring clichés and condolences, he blew his nose and wiped his red eyes like the gruff soldier he pretended to be, and said, "'Sorry, Evie. It brought back everything about Clara. Your mum. Sorry.' He was remembering my mother's funeral, fifteen years ago. I had no memory of it, of course. I was only a baby when she died. "'Sorry,' Dad said. "'So sorry.' and loaded me up with presents that I didn't really want. Then the days had slipped past, tender with grief, until it was time for me to return to school and leave the gulls and the cliffs and the sea behind me once again. They were talking about the high mistress. I realized that ever since stepping over Wildcliffe's threshold, I had been expecting Mrs. Hartle to swoop down on me, tall, elegant, and cold, as she had on my very first day— It was difficult to remember that she was no longer there, watching over the school like a malevolent queen bee. Even though she was gone, I had to admit to myself that I was still afraid of her. I bent down and pretended to fiddle with my shoe so that I could hear what the other girls were saying. Wild rumors had circulated among the Wildcliffe students about Mrs. Hartle's disappearance the term before— that she had stolen money from the school and had fled the country, that she had run away with a secret lover, that she had been abducted by a crazed killer. It wouldn't be long before someone blamed alien invaders. None of them could imagine that the truth was even weirder than any rumor. Now my bags were packed and ready, and the holidays were over. I was going back. I glanced at my little clock near the bed, The day was only just beginning, but I could already hear that Dad was up, getting ready to start the long journey to London. It was time for me to get up, too, though there was someone I had to talk to before I did anything else. I pulled on a pair of jeans and a sweater, and crept out of the cottage, heading down the rocky path to the beach. As I hurried along, the pale sun rose from behind the clouds, spilling a wash of light on the waves. I took a deep breath. Those powerful waters gave me strength. Well, she's always loved the sea, poor girl, the kind neighbors had said when they saw me hanging about the beach every morning, but they couldn't guess the truth. I actually needed to be near the water, like I needed to breathe. Waking or sleeping, I heard its voice calling me. I felt it quicken my body, and I felt its restless pull. Water for Evie, Helen had said. I thought it would be like that. I went down to the edge of the sea and closed my eyes, giving my mind to my mystical, beautiful element. I reached out for its power, asking for what I wanted most in the whole world. The waves beating on the shore echoed in my heart and pulsed through my veins. And then he was there. Sebastian walked over the pebbles and came up behind me, dropping a kiss onto the back of my neck. Poor Evie! he said. You're sad today, my girl from the sea. Hmm, not when I'm with you. 
I sighed and leaned back against his chest and nestled in his arms. Just to be close to Sebastian was happiness itself, enough to wipe out every other sorrow. Don't move, I said. I want to watch the sun on the waves. We stood and watched together as the light grew stronger and the gulls swooped low. I shall always think of you at sunrise after this, Sebastian said. You're my sunrise, Evie, my new beginning. My life was nothing before I found you, and it would be worth nothing if I ever lost you. You'll never lose me, Sebastian, I replied, and for some reason I shivered. Don't even say it. We'll always be together. Always, he said quietly. Forever. I wanted to stay like that, not moving, overwhelmed by the miracle of finding each other in all the million chances of the world. But Sebastian's mood changed in an instant, and he laughed teasingly. Oh,